The Daily 202 is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, January 25th. In today's news, Roger Stone has been indicted and arrested. Jared Kushner got his top-secret security clearance despite the objections of career intelligence professionals. And oil prices may spike because of the escalating American showdown with Venezuela. But first, the big idea. Republican senators clashed with one another and confronted Vice President Pence during a private lunch on Thursday afternoon as anger hit a boiling point over the longest government shutdown in American history. 800,000 federal workers will miss their second paycheck on Friday on day 34 of this impasse. Behind closed doors, Senator Ron Johnson, a Republican from Wisconsin, yelled at Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, saying, quote, This is your fault. McConnell snapped back. Are you suggesting I'm enjoying this? Several sources inside the room gave detailed readouts to my colleagues Paul Kane and Sean Sullivan. Johnson's spokesman confirmed the confrontation. He said the senator was expressing frustration with having to cast show votes on dueling plans to reopen the government that were doomed to fail. The day ended with some limited signs of progress. After the votes went down, McConnell met with Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer for a face-to-face negotiation that some senators hope might lead to a solution perhaps next week. Six Republicans broke ranks to vote for the Democratic proposal to reopen the government without any money for the wall. Among them was Mitt Romney, who just joined the Senate earlier this month representing Utah. Senator Tom Tillis from North Carolina, who voted for Trump's bill but opposed the Democratic solution, started to interrupt Romney as he explained his thinking at the lunch. That frustrated Mitt, who fired back and demanded that he be allowed to finish speaking. Then McConnell made clear to Pence that the shutdown was not his idea and that it's not working. The Kentuckian quoted a favorite saying that he often uses to express his displeasure with government shutdowns. Quote, There is no education in the second kick of a mule. McConnell started using that saying after the 2013 shutdown, which lasted 16 days and ended after the public largely blamed Republicans. Meanwhile, several administration officials brought more negative attention to the White House by making a series of tone-deaf comments about furloughed workers. Wilbur Ross, the Commerce Secretary, went on CNBC to criticize air traffic controllers, who he incorrectly claimed are skipping work en masse. The billionaire said he doesn't understand why federal workers need to visit food banks. Instead, he suggested they simply call up their bankers to apply for more loans. Then came Larry Kudlow, the top White House economic advisor, who called the shutdown, quote, just a glitch. He told reporters, am I out of touch? I don't think I'm out of touch. Here's a pro tip. If you feel compelled to say you're not out of touch, you might just be out of touch. Trump then sought to clean up the gaffes for his aides. He said what his Commerce Secretary meant to say is that beleaguered workers will be given special breaks by local businesses and that grocery stores will give discounts to people who aren't getting paychecks. Anyone who actually shops at grocery stores understands that's not really how it works. Back on Capitol Hill, Republican Senator Johnny Isaacson of Georgia took to the floor to call on his colleagues to reopen the government ASAP. He noted that Bill Clinton began his sexual encounters with then-White House intern Monica Lewinsky during the 1995 shutdown because he was bored and there weren't many other staffers around. As Isaacson put it on the Senate floor, quote, idle hands are never good. 
And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, this is big. Roger Stone, a longtime informal advisor to President Trump, was arrested by FBI agents early Friday morning after being indicted by special counsel Bob Mueller. Stone was charged with seven counts, including one count of obstruction of an official proceeding, five counts of false statements, and one count of witness tampering. Stone, who has been under scrutiny for months by Mueller, has acknowledged exchanging messages during the 2016 campaign with Guccifer 2.0, a Twitter persona that U.S. intelligence officials say was a front operated by Russian military officers who conspired to hack Democratic emails. Stone briefly served as a paid advisor to Donald Trump's presidential campaign in 2015 and then continued to informally advise him. He publicly cheered on WikiLeaks in 2016 as it released emails hacked from Democrats during the race, which were released to boost Donald Trump's campaign. Before the election, he claimed he was in contact with the group's founder, Julian Assange, whom he has described as his hero. The special counsel's office says Stone will make an initial court appearance later Friday at the courthouse in Fort Lauderdale. Number two. Two senior White House security officials objected to Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law, receiving a top-secret security clearance due to his possible susceptibility to foreign influence. But they were overruled by their supervisor in the Office of Personnel. NBC, which broke the story, says Kushner's clearance was one of at least 30 cases in which career national security experts expressed concern but were overruled regarding top-secret security clearances for Trump officials. 30 cases is a lot. In fact, we're told it's unprecedented. Only once in the preceding three years had the professionals been overruled. Kushner's FBI background check identified questions about his family's business, his foreign contacts, which he did not disclose on required forms, his foreign travel, and meetings he had tried to hold secretly during the campaign. Elijah Cummings, the Democratic chairman of the House Oversight Committee, has launched an investigation into the administration's checkered handling of security clearances. In related news, the Senate Intelligence Committee has subpoenaed Michael Cohen after he canceled his congressional testimony that had been scheduled for next month. Trump's longtime former lawyer has admitted lying under oath to that panel. Number three, the Trump administration, in throwing its support behind the opposition government in Venezuela, threatens to destabilize the U.S. oil industry. In supporting the new government declared by opposition leader Juan Guaido, U.S. officials refused to rule out military action or far-reaching economic measures, including an oil embargo that would harm U.S. business. It's unclear whether the administration has fully mapped out a strategy in the event that current President Nicolas Maduro refuses to budge, if Syrian violence erupts, or if foreign supporters of Maduro's government, including Russia and Turkey, decide to intervene on his behalf. For now, the hope is to use the newly declared interim government as a tool to deny Maduro the oil revenue from the United States that provides Venezuela virtually all of its incoming cash. While the U.S. has increased its own oil production in recent years, many Gulf Coast refineries are geared to process heavy Venezuelan crude into gasoline and diesel they'd probably have to shut down, at least temporarily, if imports were stopped as part of an embargo. This has created a conundrum for the administration over the past two years. While oil sanctions would deprive Venezuela of most of its cash, it would also result in an increase in energy prices for American consumers. Meanwhile, the State Department has directed non-essential U.S. personnel on the ground in Venezuela to escape the country as soon as possible. It did not specify how many will still remain, 
but the government is expected to maintain a skeleton staff as a symbolic presence in the embassy. The scene outside the embassy in Caracas, normally a buzz with visa applicants, was quiet Thursday, with guards preventing most people from getting inside. The American embassy issued a bulletin calling on staffers to keep children home from school, confine themselves to two neighborhoods in the capital, and avoid public demonstrations. Marco Rubio, the Republican senator from Florida, warned of swift and decisive action from the U.S. government if any harm befalls the American diplomats who will remain. He promised that's not an idle threat. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, January 25th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you on Monday. Thank you.